Hey, good morning or good evening, and welcome to the Hope Explained podcast, where we talk about everything uh, that we talked about on Sunday, anything that was left out for time, uh, cut for time, or we simply forgot to talk about. I'm joined on my opposite side here by my lead pastor, Pastor Rick Morris. How are you? Great. All right. And uh, this last Sunday, we talked about the 10 plagues, and uh, I can actually say that and say we talked about the 10 plagues. We did. Yeah, so that was very cool. Thank you for the opportunity to go up and speak for the very first time. So how was it? How was your first experience up on stage, like not preaching to little kids? Uh, no, I, I loved it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. It was it was nice being able to, uh, to prepare something. And then uh, I don't believe in dumbing it down, but also using the words that I wrote the first time around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I try to with, you know, first time, especially like give a little bit of, give a little bit of structure to it and all that. I remember my first sermon, my pastor's like, literally like just create something. I'm like, great. I don't even know what to create here. So, um, you know, hopefully it helps a little bit having, having, uh, some, some direction to go as mm-hmm. far as the message goes. So. It did. But you did good. I thought you did really good. Thank you. So, All right. So let's talk about what we talked about. I think your dad's still crying, by the way. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for those at home, um, my dad was uh, uh, very proud of me in that moment and uh, he showed it. So, yeah. Um, so let's see. We talked about the 10 plagues mm-hmm. and more specifically, we talked about the 10 plagues in the context of what it meant for Pharaoh um, and his hard heart. But as a good review, before we even get to the idea of, of Pharaoh, do you want to recap what was the purpose behind the ten plagues? Yeah, I I think I think it's important to talk about the fact that these ten plagues didn't have to happen, and we look at them and we're like, well, this is you know how could God do this? This is horrible. These horrible things that happened to Pharaoh and the people of Egypt, and um, they didn't have to happen if mm. Pharaoh would have just listened if he would have just had done what they had requested in the first place and none of these would have happened and and it was only because pharaoh just refused to acknowledge god at all we you know you talked about that in chapter 5 verse 2 i think it is where pharaoh's like i don't know your god i don't really care about your god i'm not why should i listen to your god Mm -hmm. and that was his whole stance he was like i don't really care and so in order to get his attention and in order to push him towards the result that they wanted of releasing God's people from bondage. They had been enslaved. They had been in bondage. They cry, were crying out to the Lord and was in chapter four where um, the Lord says, you know, or in chapter three, I, I've heard your cries. I heard your outpouring. And so God was going to act. And so unfortunately, because Pharaoh refused to listen, the Lord allowed these difficulties to come upon his land and, um, not only did he was he directly affected by each of them, but his people were as well. And I think we can look at these plagues from a perspective of mercy as well, because mm-hmm. God, the creator of all things, and even the Bible tells us in the text, it says that he could have just wiped Egypt off the face of the earth. He could have wiped Pharaoh, yeah, all of that. But in his grace and his mercy, he gave Pharaoh multiple opportunities. So instead of us looking at these, oh, these are 10 horrible things that happen, we should look at them as 10 acts of grace. The mm-hmm. fact that there were 10, that the Lord gave Pharaoh multiple opportunities to do the right thing, and he still refused, even though he promised over and over, I will, I'll let him go, I'll let him go. And then he went back on his word multiple times. I think this is just a picture of how 
of how merciful, how the Bible calls the Lord long-suffering, how long-suffering the Lord is, and how gracious and kind and merciful God is. Mm. No, absolutely. And well, the interesting thing there too is I was reading because I talked about the part of Pharaoh's stubbornness and and his hard heart. And when it got to the part where it talks about God hardening his heart, that was something that that was like most of my research because I wanted to make sure I, I approached that correctly, right? Yeah. And and one of the one of the good statements that helped me understand what was happening there was somebody said in this moment when you look at these plagues you shouldn't say how could god do that to egypt it was how could god be so merciful to israel it was in that moment because like you said god would have been fully justified just going no all right we're done here bye bye egypt Mm. and that could have been it but even with egypt this wicked nation he kept on showing mercy yeah and so yeah um let's see so we wanted to talk about this whole idea, the whole thing was framed around God wanting to get our attention. And something that you brought up right before the podcast was was God, there's multiple reasons that God could want to get our attention. What did you say, want to say about that? Well, I, I think when I was reading this over and over before I developed the message, I, I just kept seeing it from the lens of, man, God is trying to get Pharaoh's attention. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think with us... It doesn't always have to be negative things. God could try to get our attention for positive reasons as well. Maybe the Lord wants us to see something that we haven't seen before, do something we haven't done before. Maybe it's share faith with somebody that we haven't shared faith with before. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's do something kind to somebody. So it doesn't always, God doesn't always have to get our attention in a negative way. But because God loves us, he will get our attention in a negative way. If we have veered off the path, just as a parent, You know, when a child is going in a direction that we know that they shouldn't go as a parent, a loving parent, a loving parent disciplines, it means to teach. Discipline doesn't mean spanking and all that stuff. It could mean that, but it just means to teach. That Mm -hmm. discipline comes from the word disciple, right? It means to teach or to be taught. And so um, a good parent, and the Bible actually tells us this, that a good parent will correct their child. And this is what the Lord is doing. I think we forget, we see God only loving the Israelites, only loving Moses, but we forget that God loves the Egyptians. Mm -hmm. He loves Pharaoh. He's not willing that anyone should perish, but that all might come to repentance. And so God could get our attention when we go off base or we backslide or we go in a direction that we know we shouldn't. And that's not God being angry, God being mean. It's God loving us enough to care enough. Mm-hmm. And, and we've seen this in, in, in parenting. To me, parents that refuse to correct their children or refuse to, to demand respect from their children or whatever it might be, to me, those are not good parents. Right. Good parents will teach, will train up a child in the way they should go. And, um, and so um, I think that's what God does with, with us. Matter of fact, the Bible t- tells us that God disciplines those that he loves Mm-hmm. And so a sign that God loves us is that he tries to get our attention. So it's actually an act of grace. It's not an act of anger or God trying to get get at us or, you know, I mean, it's to me, it's an act of grace. Mm-hmm. So can I ask you a question? Yeah. So, so yeah. You, you talked about the stubbornness, you know, about Pharaoh being stubborn. What do you think, why do you think Pharaoh over and over and over just would not, give in 
Mm. Like why, like why you would think after the first couple of plagues that were massive country altering disasters, you would think that he would figure why do you think he insisted on just being stubborn? Yeah. Well, I think, I think in the reality of it, you've got like, like we talked about in the sermon, you know, he calls his magicians and his sorcerers, sorcerers. And for the first two or three plagues, they're able to imitate it in a smaller way, right? And and so in that moment, we can look at that and go, okay, he's he has this level of plausible deniability. He's able to go, well, <laughs> I was able to do it a little bit. It's just that on a bigger scale. So it's not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal. But <laughs> three, four, and five, it just keeps on getting bigger and bigger. And eventually, even his people are going, what, what are you doing? <laughs> this is bigger than you and us. And so I think it's in those moments that we can really see the hardest part of his heart. And I think, I think it's at that point where he he's continually lied to himself mm. over and over. And like we talked about, the more the more you resist, the more you're going to resist. It was at that point that he was so buried in his pride, and this is all I've ever done. This is all I've ever known that he had deceived himself into thinking that he was who he said he was. Um, I think his, I think over time it was just his pride that blinded him. He had already gone so far. There's no turning back now. Well, and talk about too, because you, you and I had this discussion before, you know, when we were talking about, talking about the message and we talked about how Satan is a great imitator. Mm. And so talk about that a little bit. Cause remember we were talking about how, how Satan can make things not, he doesn't have the power of God, but he's powerful. Yeah, and so, but everything is on an imitation basis. It's almost like a f- false wall. Right. Um, talk a little bit about that. About you know, because they were able to replicate some of the things. Although Aaron's rod ate the serpent, right. ate the, the rods. But talk a little bit about that. About Satan coming from an, you know, like a, he imitates God, but it's always like a cheaper version. Oh yeah, and I I think that's yeah that's and that's kind of what I meant with the. Uh, that level of plausible deniability. What what I meant by that was, you know, Pharaoh was looking for any excuse to discount what God was doing in that moment. And, and Satan provided that opportunity um, through the magicians and the sorcerers and, and whatever deceit that he had put before Pharaoh. It was, it was Satan making sure that Pharaoh had every opportunity to say no to God. Hmm. Um, and I think that a large part of human nature is looking for permission to feel a certain way. Um, there was something we were talking about. We were talking about some event in a senior staff meeting and somebody said, well, why don't we just tell people to come to something? And it was in that moment where I was like, yeah, people people can be said, hey, this is an open invitation. Why don't you pop in if you feel like it? And a lot of people won't because people are looking for permission to feel a certain way to, to feel interested. Right. Um, and so it goes both ways. Somebody won't come to church until they're invited and the vice versa is true. Somebody will look for every route out. And in Pharaoh's case, Satan was providing that with these pale imitations of what God could actually do. Mm. You know, that's my take on that. At yeah, least. Gotcha. Anyways. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then, we want the other thing that we wanted to talk about was uh running away when life is good um versus running to god when life is bad um instead of being with him in all things yeah and i think we do that i think we all have done that before where 
you know, we, we make decisions in life or sometimes when life gets difficult, we, we look to ourselves like, what did I do wrong? Da, 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 da. Or when we know we make mistakes, we mess up and we're like, God, please get me out of this. God, please, I'll never do this again. I will, you know, if you get me out of this, I'll never, I'll never have another drink. I'll never smoke this again, or I'll never cheat on my spouse again, or I'll never, I'll never do this. You know, we make these promises just like we see Pharaoh did this mm-hmm. over and over and over. He made these promises that, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let your people go. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then as soon as the plague stopped, when Moses prayed and the Lord stopped the plague, then multiple times it said that Pharaoh went back to the palace and he forgot about everything. Or he just was more stubborn and he's like, nah, nah, the plague stopped. So, so uh, you know, I'm not going to let your people go. Mm. And I tried to equate that to how oftentimes we treat God where we, and even people that maybe don't really have like a relationship with the Lord, mm. but they know that there's a God that exists. Um, we do that a lot. We play these games with God. It's like an, a, a negotiation. God, if you do this, then I'll do this. If you do that, then I'll do this. Um, but that's not the way it works. Right. It's not the way it works. And God wants to be more than I mentioned Sunday than just a vending machine for us. Mm. Well, and you, you talked about, you know, what, even when we follow through on that, that's, that's not relation. When we follow through on the promise we made, that's not, it's a religion. Then we're just imposing rules on ourselves that he wasn't even. Yeah. It's like we can manipulate God. Yeah. If I make a promise um, that somehow God is bound yeah. to like do whatever I ask, you know, God, I promise I will, you know, I will pray if you get me off this deserted island or yeah. if you do this, you know, it's like we can manipulate God. And and it, and it like how crazy, like as human beings, like do we think, I, I, I just, I just have this idea of like God just like looking at us going, really? Like you honestly think that that like, yeah. Like you can manipulate me. Like God doesn't know the intentions of our hearts. I have. Uh, it's funny because you know, the the whole idea of this like specific bargain is something that I have a very clear example of. So I was in probably the fifth or sixth grade, right? And uh, and there was this project. It was a big project. Um, and and every once in a while, and it was. It was a project that we should have been working on for like two months. And ironically, I think it was on Egypt. Besides the point, um, my parents would occasionally ask like, hey, where are you on that project? Like, uh, <laughs> I was so vague too. It's like, oh, I'm about 40% done. And then later, oh yeah, I'm about three quarters of the way done. I hadn't started it, like at all. And this, it was like three days before the end of the, uh, before it was due. And I remember laying in bed, sweating, bullets praying to god like man i don't i don't care i don't care how this gets done but please just like help me figure this out and i will never procrastinate again like such a specific like i don't care if you make a completed project appear in my room when i wake up like it was such a weird dumb bargain that i was trying to do with god and it's like you said that that just reduces him to a genie is what it is yeah and you know sometimes god in his grace and mercy he he does mm-hmm. um for whatever reason but yeah it, it's crazy just to yeah just to think that you know a lot of times it's because we got ourselves into a mess yeah and we need god's power to get us out of that mess that we got ourselves into um you know 
But yeah, I, you know, I think anytime we make a commitment to the Lord, it's good, but why do we have to wait until times are bad, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to do that? And then, and then it's, I think oftentimes, you know, we talk about, you know, God, I wish, you know, if I could win the lottery or if I could have this, or if I could have that, my life would be so much better. And it's like, I, I think some of the things that we struggle with, like, if we, if that were removed, would we still be as dependent on the Lord as we are now? Right. You know, you think of we've, you know, I know Daniel, you've traveled a lot. I'm not sure how much you've traveled, but it's like when you go to, to different countries that don't have nearly what we have and we, and, and you see the commitment, like you can't get people here unless you have air conditioning and yep. very nice chairs that are cushioned enough and the proper lighting and the right music and everything's got to be perfect. And the pastor's got to look like he came off the cover of GQ, <laughs> and, you know, and all that. I'm not going to church unless the air conditioning's nice and da, 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 da. And, and I've, I've been in places where people will literally walk miles and miles and miles to come to church hmm. and sit on the ground. I remember one time when I was at Shadow, we had Pastor uh, Satish Kumar from India. He pastors one of the largest churches in the world. And he talked about, he, he said people will, will, will start on Thursday walking to get to church by Sunday. Wow. And, and it's hot. They sit outside. There's no chairs in a, in a lot of the places that that they have, and and people will come for days just to be able to go to church. and And I've read stories of like pastors who who are in areas where the Bible's not allowed, and they literally will take their vacation and they'll go on a place where they have access to a Bible, and they'll spend their entire vacation writing the Bible out so they have copies of scriptures. And so, you, you know it we ask for comfort and we ask for all these things. And, and it's like, well, is that good for us? Right. Because we see a level of commitment in parts around the world that we don't see here in America when it comes to the Lord. And I think we're more this kind of vending machine God oftentimes. And I don't mean to go on a tangent here, but you know, it, it's, it's humbling for me. It's challenging for me because, you know, I ask for things all the time, God, this, that, and it's usually money stuff. And it's just like, you know, if God made everything perfect, are we going to really be as depend, dependent on him as we need to be mm-hmm. if everything was perfect for us? Right. I mean, is our faith that strong? I don't know. So, but anyways, but we see that with Pharaoh, you know, life got bad. He ran to God. Plagues were at when, when God stopped the plagues and he forgot all about God. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we do that as well. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, it's, uh, you were talking about, you know, maybe he doesn't give us these things because of what he knows it will do to us. Um, and, and not only would it remove our reliance for God, I I wonder if it would, like in the case of somebody like winning the lottery, um, like how much it would kill our drive, not just to work for God, but in general, Mm -hmm. he, like he knows, our human nature. He knows what that success is going to do to us. And the Bible says that it's difficult, nearly impossible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm. And we think of rich, we think of Jeff Bezos, we think of Zuckerberg, all of that. But, but all of us are rich. I mean, we are, we are very wealthy. Mm. All of us are. And so we got to look at ourselves, I think sometimes and say, okay, how, how dependent are we really on the Lord? Um, and, you know, is God just kind of a, a 911 call to us or, or, 
you know, a vending machine or whatever it might be. But, and I mentioned that, you know, a lot, it's easy to knock on Pharaoh, but it's like, you know, we see a lot of Pharaoh in ourselves as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to, to hit on before we wrap up? Um, I don't think so. I think we, you know, I mean, listen to the message if you haven't listened to it, um, you know, and go back and look at some of the messages on the context of, of, of the story of Exodus. But I think the big thing is, you know, listen when God tries to get our attention. He tries to get our attention because he loves us. He tries to get our attention because he has a plan. And that plan might not even be all about us. It mm-hmm. might be about somebody else. And so, you know, when the Lord tries to get, get our attention, we got to be very careful. And you brought this up on Sunday when we were talking about it, that the more we say no, God will accept that answer. Yeah. And that's dangerous uh, when we continue to have a hard heart. The Bible says our hearts can become seared like a hot iron, um, like with a hot iron. And so, you know, we got to be careful not to ignore um, God trying to get our attention, whether it's good or mm-hmm. from a perspective of trying to veer, get us steered back on path. Well, that was, it's funny that you should mention that here at the end because that was something that um, I was actually about to go off on a tangent, but then didn't because of time. Um, was the... Uh, was that idea that, you know, we're able to look at this story and see such a clear warning and then the punishment executed on Pharaoh, who's not a believer. But what about the believer who hardens their heart? Mm. Like you said just a little bit ago, um, one way or another, God's going to remind you of who he is. Yeah. And uh, and with, without hum- with humility, that can be pretty painless. Without, it can be pretty painful. And so... Yeah. yeah, and that's a good point. As a non-believer, you can understand somebody not l- wanting to listen to God, but as believers, man, we gotta we've got to tread lightly yeah. when we continue to ignore the Lord. Um, we don't want our heart getting hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Pastor Rick, thank you for joining me here on this uh, yeah. very fifteenth episode. Mother's Day this weekend. We that's have a big true. party for the moms. Yeah, uh, we have Mother's m- not just Mother's Day. We do it bigger and better here. We do Mom Fest. We have a party. Yeah. We're going to have mamosas, we're going to have cupcakes, uh, we're going to have flowers um, of various types and kinds, uh, so you aren't going to want to miss that. And uh, we are located at 2720 Olympic Parkway. We have services at 9, 1030, and Spanish at 1230. Uh, anything else? Oh, see you Sunday. All right. Hope to see you guys Sunday. Have a great one. Bye.